We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Dogs are SEC champions. To hell with them, Tigers. 50-30 to 30 win uh, Saturday. Just going to leave that there, folks. Uh, got J-O-double-G in the chat giving us that uh, gat-slinging granny down there. Uh, with that being said, we're going to jump straight into this because there's a lot to take in. Uh, with that being said, welcome in Juan Daniels, Kobe Pierce, and KTG. Guys, let's switch it back. Let's go forward wide. Fuck it. How y'all doing today, man? Excited, man. Excited. Champions, undefeated. First 13 no start in school history. I called it. I called I called it. I said we were gonna go 12 and 0. I called it. Or 13 well, 0, sorry. So we got we got the we got the Florida bandwagon jumping already. Black Adonis in the chat. Um KTG, happy belated birthday. Yesterday was your birthday, man. Uh Ooh. what a way to uh what a way to celebrate, right? Always, man. I mean, last year my literal birthday was on the Alabama beatdown we took, so uh, it, it was a lot. It was a lot more sweet this year, and to get you know, well, we'll get into that. But you know, I got a pretty good birthday present from the dogs too. So, yeah, you ain't lying. You ain't lying about that. Uh, also, um, actually, you got a present in- yesterday, right? Sammy and Pimba, right there. Look at that. Look at that! Look at that jersey, uh, Juan. If I'm not mistaken, you saw that jersey in practice a lot. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That one six. Um, yes, sir. Now, with that being said, listen. That brings that brings much needed help in a big way to a position to need, especially in the off season. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, we'll we'll give an in depth analysis, quick in depth analysis on the SEC championship game. Uh, listen, the portal is upon us, folks. Uh, it is it is pure chaos right now. Uh, so we've got that right there. Obviously, today is Monday, so if you're listening to this tomorrow, obviously you kind of get the drill. Uh, with that being said, uh, playoffs are locked, and we're going to talk about that a little bit as well. Uh, so it's a heavy show. Uh, first off, the show's brought to you by our friends over at BetUS, right? Check them out, right? Uh, start making money today. Listen, 125% sign-up bonus if you use code DGD125 when you make your first deposit. Uh, listen. Go to dgdpodcast.com, 
look for the bet lo- uh, bet us logo scroll down click it and sign up sign up make an account use that code when you make a deposit and that's that's free money you playing on house money right there all right house money uh, 125% sign up bonus best in the business right now too by the way so keep that in mind uh, so anybody want to sit there and make a little bit of money uh, speaking of money uh, if you went with Juan Daniels this season on these picks, Juan, I think we're going to announce it. Uh, winner, winner chicken dinner for Mr. Daniels as he holds up the number one right there. Man, oh, man. Um, pulled it looking like Georgia just stands consistent throughout the whole way. Um, and we pulled the graphic back up. Uh, so overall, uh, Brigade went 92 and 48. So congrats to the Brigade. However, you were too short. Juan went 94 and 46 on the year. Uh, Kobe was in third, uh, 91 and 49 and hooray me. I tallied into the back here, 85 and 55. So yay me. So don't make money listening to me. Okay. It's that simple. I'll just promote the shit. All right. Just do that. I'll do that. You laugh, but you know, it's true. What a crazy year. What a crazy year. Uh, listen though, SEC championship game, Saturday, Atlanta, Georgia, SC, you know, we, we thought this game was kind of meaningless, but I think there were some good takeaways for Georgia to look forward to in the playoffs. Um, KTG, it's the birthday boy. What's, what were your overall takeaways, man, from Saturday? Well, first of all, um, I think the happiest person in that building was Kirby Smart. Think about it. We gave up 500 passing yards. He's going to have three weeks to chew them boys out because, I mean, really and truly, he ain't really had much to chew them out about. They've played almost flawless all season, so – He's over there sitting in his uh, comfy office chair right now just grinning, bitten at the chops just to get on these defensive backs mostly. Just get on their heads, and now now he's got something to get angry about. So uh, I look for that. Uh, that's my main takeaway. I look for that to be a lot more crisp come Ohio State. Kobe, what you say, sir? You were there. So what were your thoughts and takeaways? Yeah, I think that, that that's a big thing. It, it's going to give him something to talk about for the next 28 days. And and we all know that that's what Ohio State's going to try to do to you. They're going to try to match what LSU did and hope that they get a few more stops and, you know, turn it into a shootout. You held their rushing attack to 47 yards. You held former five-star Noah Kane and John Emery Jr. to a combined 11 yards of, on the ground. And that's just pretty impressive. That's, again, why I think that that if it comes down to us in Michigan for, for the big game, um, you know, you got to like the fact that we do not allow people to run the ball on us. Um, so, and, and really the, the most yards, the one guy had 55, Josh Williams, that came on that long 47-yard run. They had 47 total rushing yards, and they got it all in one run. It led to a touchdown, but still, I mean – it just that's that's impressive to know. Um, gotta limit, gotta limit some of the some of the mental mistakes. You know, it's kind of seemed like you've given up some big bombs lately. Um, you know, Malachi and Keeley kind of had double coverage on the one, and Malachi jumps maybe a little too early, maybe a little too far away. Um, you know, Keeley's expecting safety help. It may be not Malachi's ball to try to jump. It may be more his ball to cover and Keeley's ball to try to jump. But it, they're still learning. I mean, Malachi still. Let's be let's be real with that. Hold on, Malachi starts literally look like he jumped up to the damn moon on that play. There was a there was a picture of that 
And my God, the airtime. That looked like Juan Daniels back in his prime. Like, yeah, Malachi bumped his head on a star and then uh, just kind of fell back down. So Shine bright like a diamond. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, my man got some serious airtime. And you know what? Hold on. Before Juan, I wanna, I'm want i going to get to you in just a second. But someone else got some airtime. And if I'm not mistaken, that was Jaden Daniels. My man got picked up and toted around like a sack of potatoes. And honestly, one of the I guarantee you this will come down as one of the most memorable photos in Georgia football history. I'm just going to leave that there. I, mean, I, I literally look on it already in, in just two days. I look at it on par with the uh, Ugga Biting album player. Like it, It's just that memorable. It really is. And, and let's be honest here. That, to me, just signifies how strong of a human being Jalen Carter is because – we look at it, and some I saw somebody say that, oh, he's just 170 pounds. Wolf, dude, that's the thing. My man toted him around like a little four-year-old, 170 pounds in one arm and just pointing his finger up. That's 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 ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Juan, I'm going to let you get to it, though. What were your takeaways from this game? Good, bad, and ugly. The good, hey, we scored 50 points. You know, that, that that's always good. You know, we're going to have to score a lot of points, um, you, you know, in these games, and we showed that we could do it. Uh, the bad is the secondary, um, you know, mainly Keely Ringo. And, you know, obviously I was in the chat with you guys. You know, it, it, it's, it's just hard to watch, man. It's, it's just hard to watch. But, you know, again, I got faith in Kirby, um, you know, fixing that. The ugly to me was Stetson Bennett. You know, dude, you're 25 years old and you're running around the field doing the bomb sign and beating your chest. Come on, dude. You know, you, you got guys that, you know, four, five, six, seven guys in the NFL – that are, you know, that are playing where you are, you're throwing the four or five stars and you're going around doing that. Um, that was just ugly for me. I'm a huge Stetson Bennett fan, you know, but from what I remember from Stetson doing his last year, holding that trophy, crying. And that right there showed the ultimate humility. He showed he was everything that Georgia was about. But now him going around there doing that kind of silly stuff, I'm just like, come on, bro. You know, let, 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 let's focus and, and you know, and, and go on. But that, that was my takeaway. And I look at it this way, right? Like, to your point, I didn't think about that. But at the same time, it's also a good sign because what I mean by that is he's playing extremely confident. You're, you know what I mean? Like, to the point where you're starting to question if it's too confident, right? And to me, I look at it in a sense of I need that. I, obviously, the SEC championship game means something to those guys. But I need that confidence in the playoffs, I need that transition in. And when, you know, obviously we look at it, right? Dude, there was a stat. I want to say it's what, 99 to 33 in two games in the bins this year? That's fucking crazy. That's crazy. But when you're sitting there playing like that right there, and, you know, so I get it, but I'm not going to be as harsh on it, right? Like, I mean, four tutties, right? Like, in, in a game where, or in a week, I should say, in a week where a lot of Heisman contenders struggled, lost, right? Stetson Bennett just shined bright. And and to me, I, I legitimately think this game cemented a reason for him to be in New York. Whether he wins it or not, you have to look at his body of work for 13 games and tell me a reason why he, why he shouldn't be in New York. Well, that, that's the thing. I called it at the beginning of the year. I, I, I thought that he was going to be there. But when you really look at it, um, you got 
Kent State, you've got you've got you've got Missouri, you've got these other things. Those are the things that are going to hurt them. Um, you know, if 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 we're going to look at it, we're calling a spade a spade. From a leadership standpoint, though, if, if if we're truly looking at the Heisman, it is the best player that's on the team. So you take high, you take um, Stetson away from Georgia. There's a lot of games we probably don't win, or or even from a from a confidence standpoint. So do I think that he should get it? Absolutely. Will he get it though, based off of? And this is what you know. One of the things I talked about, you know, before. Why is Georgia not getting the hype, or why are they not getting the the credit that they deserve? Is he's just not flashy enough for them. He's not the Joe Burrow, the Tua, the to the, the, the whatever guys. But what he is is he's consistent. He's a winner. He's a leader. Um, and and that to me should embody the Heisman. But you know, hey, guys, let's so let's do this. Obviously, there's we we've talked about some good, bad, and ugly. What is it with what is it with this Georgia team under Kirby Smart and backup quarterbacks? And, and let me explain. And I'll start off because I, I think this is worth noting here. Garrett Nussmeyer in the second half came out and balled his ass out. He played his lights. He played a phenomenal game. But to me, I, I think the context is key here. And if please, let's talk about this. It wasn't just you had a backup quarterback. If you really look at it, they changed the entire offensive scheming and identity in the second half. How do you know? It's it's one thing to game plan against a backup quarterback because in general, nine times out of ten, you're gonna see a quarterback, a backup quarterback come in. They're gonna run the same offensive scheme. That was not the case at all. When you sit there, you watch that first half. I don't care if he was hurt or not. They didn't, they didn't try to push the ball deep. They did not. In the second half, they were torching the field vertically. They were stretching the field vertically. It, it seemed like there was just no game plan for that. Now, was that bad coaching? No. Fortunately, we, were, we had set a lead so far that it kind of didn't necessarily matter, and we also have an offense to go back and score the points. Right? In, in years past, that could have killed us. Let's be honest. In years past, not having an offense as potent we have would have come back to bite us in the ass. But ultimately, like you, like everybody wants to look at these 502 yards of offense, and that's one thing, passing yards was, right? Kobe alluded to it, 47 yards, basically one play got you all your rushing yards. That's crazy. But then you look at the pat, you know, you look at that right there. We still won by 20 points. That should scare people a lot more than anything else, in my opinion. The fact that you the, the fact that Georgia not only dropped 50 points in the SEC championship game, if I'm not mistaken, the most dropped on a or the most points dropped by an SEC East team. Also, you didn't play your best half, and you like I said, still win by 20 points. It's it's just mind boggling to me, especially in the SEC. What are y'all thoughts on what are y'all thoughts on the the, the uh, second half kind of gameplay for Georgia and LSU? Well, you come out and you you know you lose Warren McClendon, you lose Lad McConkey, you lose Tacky Smith, basically all by halftime, and Kirby goes straight into not like pure death march mode, but I mean a majority of the second half was about getting the game over with, and that's just something that is amazing to know that an SEC championship that Kirby's already going okay. We don't need anybody else going down. We need to get healthy. We need to get out of here. I want to win. But I don't even think we threw the ball like five times in the entire second half. I mean, 
Stetson Bennett had four touchdowns in the first half. Five touchdowns, he'd had the second most receive or second most passing touchdowns in SEC championship game history, only behind I think Danny Warfel had six. So I mean, you you really reined it in a little bit for LSU on the second half. Um, you know, you got burnt, you got beat on a couple of really big plays, um, but you still only gave up four touchdowns the whole game. It's not what we're used to. It's not what Kirby's used to. It's not our standard of play. But, I mean, you really gave up, you know, really big, big bombs over the top of you that just can't happen. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong there. I think you look at it, right, and, and Keely Ringo, right, like I saw pure bashing Saturday and even all the way up until this point. Did he have a, did he have a bad game? Yes, statistically, obviously, right? They they went after him tremendously hard. They went after him hard. But the thing about it was he wasn't getting cooked, if you will. And what I mean by that is he was in a position, right? He was in a position to try to play the ball, right? There was one big play where, you know, he, he turned his head around too late and the ball was he, – he lost track of the ball. In theory, you shouldn't really lose track of the ball as a DB, but at the same time, shit like that happens. It's second that – uh, that that play that um, Nussmeyer breaks away from a sack, and then um, you know then he scrambles out and hits the bomb for the touchdown in the fourth quarter. It, losing contain that's something that that should not have been that was inexcusable to me. But I don't see him having another game like that. But it does. It, there is some concern if you're a Georgia fan about the secondary, right? Because you have to be concerned about what LSU's receivers did. That's arguably the best receivers we've seen all year, right, <clears throat> with a quarterback that can stretch the field vertically. Now you look forward to Ohio State in a, in, in a few weeks, and then you start to wonder. Like, like I understand the, the concern brewing, right? What will C.J. Stroud and, and, and company do, right? Now we'll talk more about that as, as the game gets closer, right? But it is something that I think after Saturday, you you there is some concern growing, and it's a legitimate concern. Now, at the same time, you have, what, three, four weeks to prepare? So I, I trust in Kirby Smart and that defense to be set where they need to be. Because, I mean, let's be real here. There's a, there's question marks with Ohio State. Is Jackson Smith and Jigby going to be ready to go? We don't know. Travion Henderson, that running back room at Ohio State, folks, Banged up. Obviously, we've got some time that gives them some time to to get right to get healthier, but that also gives Georgia some time to you know fix some things. And listen, I would rather it happen in the SEC championship game with a win. That way, we have something not only to to fix and get better at, but at the same time, keep these guys in check. Yeah, you drop fifty points. But you also gave up 500 yards of offense. That's three or four weeks of Kirby just harping that over and over and over, and to the point where you're going to play right. Like I, there's no question in my mind that Kirby's going to sit there and harp that for weeks. Juan, you know him best. I can't tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean that, that that that's a good point. They do have some time to to fix some things. Um, the the other advantage that we have is you know. People, everybody knows that Brian Day has has uh, or Ryan Day, sorry, has benefited from the Urban Meyer recruits and all that. So you know, you you've heard the analogy. He started out, you know, on third base, 
So he had hadn't had an opportunity to really just, you know, prepare and, and, and get these kids, get these kids together. I don't think that they're going to have a game plan. I think that they're just happy to be here only to, you know, just to come out there and just get bombed. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And obviously now that we, you know, I'll, I'll, let's do this game balls. Let's go ahead and do this game balls. KTG, you've been quiet. Who are you giving your game ball to? None other than the man, the myth, the legend, Stetson, man. He came in, did his thing, and and I want to elaborate a little on what Juan said. The the He's been beaten down his whole career. Nobody's ever given him a chance. I'd be out there flaunting my stuff, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, let, let, let the man have fun because he, he don't have fun outside of the football field, man. Everybody just shits on him 24-7. That's why I support him. That's why I wear the mailman hat. I'm, I'm a Stetson guy. He's got my game ball. Because he's from South Georgia, too. Let's be real, too. Duh. I, we're built different down here. That's a fact. <clears throat> I got some guys in Georgia right now that, that might question it, but <clears throat> neither well, we, here nor there. We did get beat down in the high school playoffs this, this past week. The South Georgia did not fare well, but we'll, 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 that's another conversation. But We know Black Adonis in the chat saying, boo. I know where he's coming from. He, my man went to Atlanta A&T. <laughs> Atlanta Tech. <laughs> but, but anyways <laughs> – Kobe, let's 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 rotate this to you. Who's you giving your game ball to, man? I I say it's Kendall Milton. A little surprise, hundred yard game. You know, a couple big carries. Um, you know, the only thing that would that would stop that, like maybe like three fourths of a game ball, and you know things are happening live. You know, but but when he took that took that hand off and fumbled, and turned around and looked at the ball on the ground. And then turn back around. I'm not sure if he just like didn't see the ball or was looking for Stetson. That'd be the only blemish on his mark. But but to have eight carries, 113 yards, had a 51 yard um, run. I think it was his long. I mean, that's just a really good day for him. He's really battled some adversity through a lot of injuries. Um, just really hasn't had the year I think he thought he would have. Um, but that that was just a good game for him and. Hopefully it gives him some confidence because you never know who could have your big breakout game in the playoffs. It's it's a two-game season all of a sudden. You, I don't care who's been good up to this point or who's been hurt up to this point. We need you for two games. So. Absolutely. Uh, Caleb, before, Juan, before, before you jump in. Uh, what the name of your first son will be, hashtag enough said. Um, Lad Bennett Whitaker is gonna be my first son. Like dead serious, firstborn son, Lad Bennett Whitaker, dead ass. Ruse is gonna give Juan the game ball of his heart. <laughs> Here, so for those watching, this is this is Ruse right now. Watch, yes sir. Gonna make him bark. Gonna make him bark. <laughs> 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 oh, man. oh my god so as as people know that's called doing the lord's work um and just we just got the birthday boy simple as that um juan who you giving your game ball to though big oh man darnell um you know i i, I called it i just said I, I think he's gonna you know have, have a big game he had a touchdown a two-point conversion uh my man did a great job of blocking um, I, I, you know, that, that's, that's my man. Uh, I'm getting, I'm getting 
dial-up connection here. His, his touchdown catch, the way the way they ran the play, the way he called the ball, to me it just further solidifies the fact that he'll be a first-round pick. Oh, no I mean, doubt. In the, no in the red zone, lined up, you know, just quick pop pass to him. I mean, you can't tell me he couldn't do that for, you know, 10, 12 touchdowns a year at the next level. I mean, you're not wrong. Now, I'm going to go and give you my game ball, guys. Chris Smith. Chris Smith. Probably one of the smartest plays you'll ever see to, to open up the scoring, right? You, I see what y'all doing. Y'all making jokes over here. Bell Sal, yes, sir. I had that before. Keep it, keep it going. Keep it going. <clears throat> no KGG Wi-Fi can save this. But, <laughs> but, um, but no, Chris Smith, man, that, that play – was about as savvy as you would ever see. Um, knowing the fact that it was a live ball technically, so long that it was moving, right? Watch the LSU folks completely go away, completely go away, and then just picks it up as it lastly rolls around. That last roll picks it up and just takes it 95 to the house. That right there, to me, was the momentum shifter. And at that point, it just set the tone for the rest of the game. Um now, Ruse is saying Chas Chambliss. For what it's worth, my man had a better game than I was expecting. A way better game than I was expecting. Um, but if I'm going to give a, I'm going to give an honorary game ball to Gary Danielson for the last CBS game that he'll ever call. I just want to let y'all know that. that he deserves a game ball. So now we can listen to a 330, you know, Iowa Rutgers or something next year. <laughs> Hey, another thing too, when you when you just talk about Smith and and Kobe, you know he'll tell us tell you that too. You know those of us that play special teams, that's nothing we ever go over. We never ever talk about it. If anything, we get away from that. And you could actually see Munkin in the booth going, "Get away from it! Get away from it!" You know, just so you don't make that error, accidentally touch the ball or do something crazy. And so. Uh, again, that's nothing that's discussed. Hey, if the ball is kind of rolling and you could see an open and pick that thing up and go score. So just the IQ that he had for that is, is, is top notch. Yeah, it definitely is not like, and you've seen it in the past, like typically Kirby is like, if we block it, come celebrate. Unless it's a, obviously a punt, you know, go, go hop on the punt, you block. But if we block a field goal from 17 to even last year to this year, like, we've blocked a lot since Kirby's been here, but it's always block it and get off the field. Like, run to the sideline. We got the savage pads waiting on you. Like, we're going to have a big party over here. So the fact that, you know, Kirby has told them, like, hey, this is why we want you to get off the field. Like, that's a live ball. If you pick it up and fumble it, then you give them the ball back. You know, I guess Chris just really saw that he was going to have some blockers and LSU was – you know, leaving the field. Um, I don't think I've seen a special teams play that crazy since the um, the dummy punt that Arkansas gave up like four or five years ago where the guy didn't call the fair catch and just called it and started walking towards the sideline. And about halfway there, he started sprinting up the sideline. For Against, a, was, that North, was that North Texas or something? North, North Texas, Texas yeah. versus Arkansas. He just like, had like four guys standing around him, you know, he was just walking and then all of a sudden – takes off it's that same kind of feeling of like i know the rules and you don't so we get to you know three seven points uh, apparently pat has uh deemed this the kick six remix 
I'm not even hmm. mad about that. I'm not even mad about that. It's a different way, but yes. Um, <clears throat> so with game balls, obviously, let's transition out of here. Um, there is a there is a lot of hold on. There we go. Fix that for the chat there. Uh, so there's a lot of talk about the playoffs, and I want to talk about this. It's it's very interesting, right? Because you saw USC get blown out Friday. TCU loses in overtime, and now we have the playoffs being set, right? The top four of, you know, obviously Georgia, Michigan, TCU staying at three, with, even with the overtime loss, and then Ohio State at four. First off, it's beautiful. Um, all weekend, I, I, I guarantee you this is about to be fun, so this is why y'all need to listen to this. How many times up until Sunday at noon – did you hear Bama fans politicking, pleading to give them one chance to get into the playoffs? And the playoff committee decides to put Ohio State in over Bama like they should have. And, and now you hear Bama fans sitting there. Nick Saban did something that I thought I would never see happen. Live TV using hypothetical point spreads to try to plead his case into making the playoffs, like do the right thing. That don't sound like Nick Saban to me, folks. Not the one that I'm used to knowing. Let's discuss what what happened here. Obviously, the, with the top four being there, what are y'all's thoughts on that? Because that's not a typical Alabama thing to me. That's just not. So we have to dis- we have to discuss this. Discuss what? Just the whole. Just just the. Bama Obviously, the, well, the, the, the football playoffs. Let's overall, right? Overall, let's do the playoffs. Getting the you know getting the top four situated, and, and let's talk about let's Bama start. and Tennessee. The, the college football playoff committee. This is my rant. Is garbage. It's absolute garbage. And and if you're telling me you're excited to see a Michigan versus a TCU, I'm just going to tell you right now. Go ahead and shoot yourself because like that. That's that's just horrible. And you know, and, and I think guys, you know, us all four of us and and all everybody else. We're college football fans. We want to see some good college football. This is just—it's just trash. Just absolutely. Ohio State—you've—you've you've heard me all year say how bad they are. Just trash. There's you have it, folks. There's the rant that we've been needing. Goby over here dying laughing. What what happened, sir? What happened? That's just really what happened. I, I wasn't expecting. I wasn't expecting the rebel to to pop up when Juan started talking. That that caught me off guard. Um, I, I'm with Juan. I think the only thing I, I think going forward, especially too, I'm tired of like, oh, this year, like this is what the committee is looking for. And then next year, like, oh, well, actually it's more, more this or that. Um, at, at some point, and this, you know, might be a little hot take at some point, I almost would like to see the BCS computer integrated with the playoffs like as we walk towards this 12 team playoff i would like a little bit more finite this is what we're looking for we put it in this and then it spits out what what it actually should be not ready for this not the ad at nc state goes well uh the matchup the rematch between ohio state and michigan wasn't even discussed i'm like yeah let's do it tell me you didn't talk about that in the room it's time. With that being said, he mentioned 12-team playoffs, all right? 
this year, in my opinion, you could argue there's a better argument that the BCS model would have had this right <clears throat> than what we're seeing now. But here's your 12-team playoff. As it as the basically what we're seeing here is under the current format, the proposed format, this will be your team set up here, folks. Georgia at the number one seed. Michigan at the two. Clemson would be the third seed because of the four highest uh, conference champions. And Utah at four. Number five would be TCU. Number six, Ohio State. Bama at seven. Tennessee at eight. Tennessee plays Kansas. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. But Alabama would play uh, USC uh, in Bama, right? Because remember, five through uh, five through nine, or excuse me, five through eight, uh, they get home games, playoff home games. So you're looking at Tennessee hosting Kansas State, Bama hosting USC, Ohio State and Penn State, a rematch, and TCU Tulane. <clears throat> With that being said, this current 12-team format, to me, I, I don't necessarily like it because I don't think you should benefit Clemson to give them a three-seat. I, I just don't like that. But let's discuss this. Let's discuss the playoff, what it would look like, guys. Let's do that. What are y'all's thoughts on that? Uh, in, in that in that format, right in there? that format, in that format, yes. I mean, Penn State's going to come out on the bottom. 
you know, they'll, they'll beat, they'll beat Clemson easily. Um, the, the other side, um, you put that graphic back up. So, all right. So if we're going, if we're going top down. So I, I think that now that USC Alabama game is going to be a game. That's going to be a dang game. Either one of those guys beats Michigan easily. Uh, Penn state, Ohio state. Jeez, uh, uh, I don't know. That, that's, that, that's going to be a tough one, but the winner of that game is going to be Clemson. TCU um, is going to lose to Tulane. It doesn't even matter because Utah comes out of that one. Tennessee is going to win. And so it will be Georgia-Tennessee versus a, a, a Michigan – sorry, an, 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 the winner of Alabama or a USC versus a uh, Penn State. And then the, the winner is going to get absolutely drowned by Georgia. It doesn't matter. Georgia is going to kill everybody. But I like that, though. It, it looks a little bit better because you're having some decent teams than what you have this for right now. I, I, I still think USC or Alabama is going to, you know, beat a Michigan. Um, and then, you know, cut, you know, uh, the, the way it's going to come out on the other side. Kobe or KTG, how do you feel about that 12-team playoff and, and that format, what it looks like there? What are y'all thoughts on that? Robert, I sent you something to your phone. I want to take a glance at it, see if you can throw it up here, too. Uh, let's look at that. But Caleb, in the meantime, what? number one, I don't. I'm, I'm with you. I don't think Clemson deserves a three C. They're doo doo. But I don't. I don't. I don't agree with Juan, dude. I don't know if the winner of USC and Bama would beat Michigan, especially not USC. What I saw from USC Friday would not beat Michigan. I think they get ran out of the gym. I think USC. It just, depends, it just depends on what if, if Caleb is healthy. I don't agree. I don't think they could block Michigan. I think Caleb would be running for his life again like he did against Utah. So I think that's a pretty good little debate, but uh, I don't like Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams lost all I can't my respect stand the other day. I can't stand him. He lost all my respect the other day. F Utah, wow. Yeah. On your fingernails? What grown yeah. man paints his damn fingernails? He's, he's trash, man. He's trash. Yeah, I, I I don't like him. I'm glad Utah beat him. Um, that's been the big thing about the Heisman race is that, like, you know, the Heisman thing, it says – hold yourself with integrity and all these other things when people are like, how are you going to give that to Caleb Williams, possibly? If I had a vote for the Heisman, it would be Max Duggan, honestly. I like Max Duggan. Gritty, he played hard. I know they came up short, but he gave it his all. They wouldn't have been in that game without him, so that would have been my Heisman vote, honestly. But I, I would agree that if you're talking about, like, what player means the most to their team? TCU is not a 12-0 team without Max Duggan. They're they're hurting. So, I mean. so hear me out on this. So this, so Kobe, what you sent, and we're gonna pull it up here. This is the BCS model, if I'm not mistaken, correct? So I'm gonna let yeah, you discuss. So there's it. a so there's a Twitter account that like continues the BCS rankings every week, and so this is ran through the BCS simulator. So this is what the 12-team playoff if you integrated the BCS final ranking. So Clemson wouldn't be the three seed. They would be the 11 seed. Kansas State and Utah would have been the three and four seed. And then Alabama would have played USC. Clemson would have played TCU. Ohio State would play Tulane. Tennessee would play Penn State. Georgia would play the winner of Tennessee, Penn State. Utah would play the winner of Ohio State, Tulane. Kansas State would play the winner of TCU Clemson, and Michigan would play the winner of Alabama USC. So that that to me that looks is, a lot I like better. that. 
that looks beautiful compared yeah, to what we saw with the it, with it, the current format. It rewards Utah. It rewards Kansas State for both winning a big game. It rewards Georgia by playing either Tennessee, who's banged up, or Penn State, who we know is overrated. It lets Utah play a good game against Ohio State, who is still going to get to be in, but not that good. It lets Alabama prove that, yes, you're in the playoffs, but you're going to have two to three really tough tests before you ever see a national championship again. And that, and that's been the big thing is they haven't done well in big games this year. So it gives you another chance to prove, well, here's two big games, USC, Heisman, you know, Heisman hopeful versus former Heisman winner, Michigan, and then Kansas State TCU possibly get a rematch in the semifinals. So I, it this looks really good. I mean, I'm a, what do you think, Caleb? What do you think? I like I like this setup a lot more than I like last setup, honestly. Which I know, in that situation, Clemson would still be a higher seed because they did win the ACC, even though the ACC is terrible. But uh, I, I I do like it. no. In the the BCS ranking, so I'll send you the Twitter if you want it. But they run the BCS simulated every week of the season, and basically, even without win, Clemson was like the number ten team, the number eleven team in the country, even winning the ACC. So you're saying you're taking out the you're taking out the conference title BS like that doesn't weigh anything in the top because you know I mean it does like for Kansas State their win propelled them they're like the sixth ranked team in the country yeah I get that I get that I just didn't know if you were because I mean with the new twelve team it's going to be like you like we said the the ACC champ would have been a top four seed. Well, yeah, I mean, based off of – so with the with the current format, it seems like the four highest-ranked conference champions. Listen, though, hear me out on this. What if there was an – I'm not going to say this 100%, right, but what if we're doing hypothetically, I guess you could say, like a Clemson, right? They, they finished seventh, right? But what if they would have – you know, what if they would have lost and North Carolina would have won? Carolina was ranked, what, like 17, 8, or something like 23 23. Mm-hmm. That is scary to me. Now, at the same time, I understand the four highest ranked. Yeah, they just wouldn't have gotten what, in. Well, yeah. that that was my question. Oh, I mean, they would have still gotten in, but it could have been like an 11 seed, right? But at the same time, like yeah, they were too far down. But they wouldn't have had. They wouldn't have had to have gotten in. Well, I thought the the way the format was discussed to me, I thought the four highest ranked, so they wouldn't have got in in general. Yeah, because Kansas State, oh, okay. Georgia, okay. Michigan. Um, Utah. That's so, that's so it. That makes sense now. UNC would reason, not have been in at all. So, to, if anybody thought this like I did, not every conference champion is guaranteed. Is what I'm just now hearing about. It. It's literally the four top conference champions. That's it. Okay. And I'm pretty sure so, everybody else is an at-large bid. Yeah. That, well, well, get out, aside from the one conference, you know, the highest strength uh, group of five, I guess. But yeah. Still, uh, I, I guess with that being cleared, you know understood and clarified i think now it makes sense that you know maybe that is a good situation to have i'd be okay i just think that the bcs people hate the bcs format for some reason but if just imagine like we did this you know this bcs simulator the, the bcs never really got the two wrong because i don't remember aside from the lsu bama game a blowout in the in the in the championship game do we well except for the um that um USC, USC versus uh, Oklahoma. 
that was bad because Auburn got the uh, Auburn got put out. Screwed on it. Yeah, Auburn got screwed. Auburn would have got had that. a better game against you know, and and Auburn and USC that year had a common opponent in Virginia Tech, and both beat them by the same score. But then you let you let uh, you know Oklahoma in, and they I mean it was just an absolute obliteration. It was just awful. I still think though, for the most part, the BCS didn't really get it wrong. Like on, on par with. The, the problem was the BCS only played one game. I would agree with that. I would yeah. agree that, to me, the computer was not always the worst. The problem was in a, in a year like that when there were four 13-0 teams, two teams are sitting at the house going, what the heck, What more could we have done? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's another thing too, right? Like, you know, why did we get rid of the BCS model, right? Get away from this committee of – uh, as one likes to call it, the Golden Corral waitresses, right? Like, get away from that and use the BCS model to determine your to playoff seating. In my opinion, I'd be all f- He needs that Wi-Fi. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's Caleb being on here, man. <laughs> but no, so obviously you saw both models, right? Take it for what it's worth. I guess you'll see the first one. We can hypothetically wish for the second one, but what do we? We're just some average Joes, if you will, except for Juan Daniels. He's the GOAT. <laughs> just saying. Um, but, yeah, no, so other than that, though, uh, real quick, I, I do want to show you a graphic that I saw. Uh, now that we're out of the regular season, the conference champions passed us. Um, this was a graphic that I saw since – Coach Primetime moved to Colorado uh, as part of our coaching carousel update there. Uh, Think about this graphic, folks, and I'll explain. Just this season alone, Colorado Buffaloes surrendered 534 points, points allowed, in 12 games. (laughs) Whereas in the last three seasons combined, from 2020 all the way to this year, in 38 games, folks, 38 games compared to 12, Georgia has surrendered 519 points allowed. I saw that and immediately was just like, wow, <laughs> wow, right? Um, what are y'all's thoughts on that? Gosh. I mean, blown. I would even ask, has anybody seen the – the um, video he did of his opening meeting with Colorado. Have y'all watched that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. People are going to be back and forth about it because I think it's it's very real. Like, it's very interesting to me they videoed it um, a little bit, except I'm sure it probably helps recruiting, like, some portal guys here and there. But at the end of the day, I mean, Kirby delivered a very similar message to to the University of Georgia. I mean, obviously, it was a day before – in a time before the portal was quite so active. But, I mean, you know, he said that if in doubt, like, you will be tolerated here until you can be replaced. Like, you won't necessarily be loved. You won't be respected. Like, you will be tolerated until you either earn our respect or until we can replace you. So, so I, I feel like this – this so this whole video, folks, if you haven't watched it, do yourself a favor and go check it out and, and build your opinions – Right. So, you know, obviously everybody has their entitled to their own opinion as well. For me, though, I felt like, you know, obviously you have to look at a culture change coming. Right. And if you really go back to even his time in Jackson State, he was about no nonsense. 
how many videos did you see of him screaming at guys, telling them get off their damn phone? Like they're ready for a game, right? They're prepping for a game, and the guys are on their phones. He's like, get off your damn phone. Like I'm okay with that. So you kind of, in if in a sense, you understand that he's no nonsense. It's it's business. It's business. So when he goes into there, right? I took it as it's a challenge to those guys, right? To buy in or get out. You have an option now. Buy in and come ready to go or get out. And, and from what it sounds like, Kobe, it sounds like Kirby, I guess you're saying Kirby did the same thing, just maybe obviously not as public. Not as public and not as, I mean, obviously, like, he had already been there, so I don't know what he said the spring when he, like, first got there. You know, I was there in that summer. But but basically, you know, he's saying that that just because you signed here, just because you've played here, just because you've started on this team, just because things you've done in the past have been okay and you've been rewarded for them, doesn't mean that's how it's going to go anymore. Like, obviously, that wasn't working. That's why I have been hired. And we're going to do the thing, you know, do things the way that I want to do them. And you can either accept that and buy into that, or we can replace you with someone who will. You know, and it's the same thing, same thing that he's saying. He just kind of went about it a little bit of a, a weird way, but I really think it's a lot for the portal. You know, I saw that Trey Sanders from Alabama already wants to go to Colorado. Well, he know, got a commit. Gonna, he got a commit already. He got a five star commit. I think he, from twenty twenty five class. We'll see what that's over two hundred. Over two hundred people have reached out to him. So. Look for that to be a quick turnaround, like a like a USC. USC took thirty three, you know, thirty three transfers last year, um, and 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 they were having an opportunity to to compete. Um, so so look at that. I mean, again, you got two hundred, and 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 how many of those are going to be four stars? How many of those are going to be five stars that are trying to, you know, just to get to where he is? Um, so it's just going to be a matter. I don't think you know. I, I know that. Uh, um, that uh, Black Adonis said, shout out to Shador. I don't think he's that good of a quarterback. Um, you know, will he be the one that's going to be able to lead him? I don't think so. So there, he's going to have to, at some point in time, get somebody better in uh, uh, to lead him. Because they mess around and play a Utah or USC, they're coming to get him. Kobe, yeah, I was about to say, I mean, I'm not saying that Shadir's a bad quarterback, right? I, we have to understand the level of competition because you have to take that into account. You do. You've played it, Kobe. Juan, Kobe Juan, y'all played it. Y'all know it's a different level. I, even even when Juan played back in the 40s or whenever it was, I forgot. Yeah, yeah. It, one it's helmet. one of those things. I can, think of, I can think of a perfect example of that. I mean, you know, we had a receiver here my senior year maybe, walk-on guy, Ty James. <laughs> and um, – he transfers out after a year being a walk-on here, you know, scout team not seeing the field at all. Transfers out to Mercer. He's two-time All-American at Mercer. And he was a walk-on here, not you know, on the scout team. Yeah. He's look, the best receiver Mercer's ever had. Look at Dewan Mathis. Like, so you've got some guys that can probably go somewhere else to play. But when you're playing in SEC, Pac-12, that Power 5 football, it, it's it's a different ball game. And, and they find out quickly – and then, of course, now look at the transfer portals. There's been at least ten to fifteen quarterbacks that are just that are just gone, man. It's just it's just crazy. I mean, ultimately, right? And now we've kind of transitioned into the the portal talk, right? Obviously, today is the first day of official portal entries, right? And 
there's another thing that I think we'll, let's kind of transition to Georgia before we wrap this thing up for today. Georgia last year didn't need the transfer portal. It, you know, we didn't hit a single, we didn't get a single portal guy, a guy from the portal. We didn't get nobody from it, and we lost to the portal. But this year, I do, I do suspect Georgia to be somewhat active in the portal. And obviously, I think you look at a couple positions, right? I think you look at receiver, and I think you can look at, I want to say, edge rushers. If they, if the right one comes out. Georgia will more than likely come calling. And I definitely think you're going to see receivers being a heavy target here from the portal. You know, Listen, Anthony Evans just committed like a week ago. But at the same time, Kirby and, and, and basically the coaching staff look at it as we need some immediate impact players, especially at the receiver position. We look at what happened with A.D. Mitchell out. Notice how we played a lot of bunch, guys. Kobe, you know what I'm talking about, Juan? We bunched a ton. Right, we went into trips bunch a ton, and to me that just screams we don't have a true dude outside on the opposite side, because Ad Mitchell went down. Now Ad Mitchell's also getting back healthy, which that is a great sign for Georgia fans. However, in that, in the meantime, if you have somebody in the you know in the portal that can come in and replace that, or be another one, right? That's only going to be beneficial for Georgia because you know you not tell Munkin. People look differently. They'll look differently at this Georgia offense now after what we did this year for sure. I, you would have I, hope, to. I hope they don't. I, I really do. Because um, what they were able to do this year, everybody was just talking about we lost so much. You know, we didn't go into the portal. We're right here. I think we're just as strong as we were. But it just says a lot about, you know what, Kirby believes in the people that are there and the, poli- and the people that he, he recruits. And then what does that say to you as a player? Like, listen, man, like you, you're going to give me an opportunity to develop. You're going to develop me and you're not going to bring it, you know, bring in a quick fix to come in there and, 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 and get me out of there or, or, or just to do whatever, you know, the, the retention and then not bringing anybody. And then now we're on the cusp of winning our second back to back national championship. I hope he does it just so he can tell this the, the portal and the NIL to stick it. I That's would love I would love that. It. Yep. But, you, but Juan, you know this as much as I do. I think you know this more than I do. Kirby's going to do whatever it takes to win. And if that means that we have to, because you know he don't – if we don't have to, he won't. But if we need to, how about that? If we need to go into the portal and, and get some competition, because Kirby's proven since the portal really opened, he's not just going to go get anybody. Tyke Smith comes in, instant I, I impact that, player. I think that's the big thing to look at. Is like yeah. we talk about last year, and I've talked to you about it before. Is is we did we took nobody in the portal last year, but we offered one guy. We offered the outside linebacker from FAMU that had like twenty three sacks last year. I mean, the day he entered, he had a Georgia offer. He doesn't come. He you know decides to stay at FAMU, but Kirby immediately saw value in the fact that hey, this guy can can help us at a position that. Yes, we have Nolan. Yes, we're giving Robert Beal back. But something that, that we can really, you know, just add another weapon to, you know, I don't think he'll just – I'm with Juan. I don't think he's just going to offer any wide receiver just to say, hey, we got a, we got a good player. I mean, he, he's going to offer somebody that he knows is going to block well. He knows is going to do what they're asked. I mean, you look at like DK and how big he was for your team last year. 
you know, you had plenty of good DBs, but he knew that he would just elevate that DB room one, you know, just a little bit farther. Yeah. Yeah. But, you, but look, look at it, man. You look at Lad McConkey and, and and especially in that first game against Oregon, Lad McConkey, those guys, man, blocking his butt off. And and that's what Georgia has, is they have those gritty guys that guess what? They want to be at Georgia. They don't want to be this, hey, let me just go somewhere and get this quick so I can be a star. You've got guys that are just they 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 want to be there. And and I think that's the other great thing about Kirby is he's not looking for that guy that wants to self-promote, that he wants to have, you know, hey, look at me, look at me, I want to, you know, do this. It is a you're bought into this program and 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 you want to, like you wake up dreaming about being a Georgia dog. And those are the guys that he 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 invests in, he pours into. And look what happens. Like, look, look, look at where, uh, you know, the benefits that we're reaping from it. I also think, too, though, and, and KTG, feel free to chime in, too. Obviously, you've been kind of quiet, just like reading the chat looks like. But um, to, to this point, though, right, some of these guys that are coming into the portal now that Georgia might want to target are not one-year players. They can be here for two or three. You're seeing a lot of freshmen and sophomores come into the portal. Now, if they come to Georgia, what? Well, who's to say that they can't play for two years? And, and honestly, now at the same time, I understand building that culture based off of recruiting, development. But at the same time, like Kobe said, DK got brought in here to elevate an entire room. Experience coming in and these younger guys, because this defense, guys, y'all know this, defense alone, this defense is extremely young. But if you get a if you get the right player in here that's, that's bought into the culture, and can elevate an entire just a position group at least, that's going to push this team to a different level than what we could be. Now, at the same time, if we look at receiver, you might just be short bodies or something, right? But get their impact players that are going to first off buy into your what you're trying to do, not just come here because they can you know make it to the NFL, but legitimately seriously buy in to everything that's being taught and being spoken to, right? You do that, and you get these guys that come in and understand the assignment. Come in here, block your ass off. But we're going to feed you the ball. I, like you said, Lad McConkey, Marcus Rosemary, Jack Saint, all these guys have in common elite perimeter blocking, elite perimeter blocking. Darnell Washington is a tight end. Finally starting to get the, the catches, right? Getting those targets and receptions, touchdowns. But my man for two or three years has been blocking his ass off. And it's not gone unnoticed. It's not. So when you do that, get the right guys to come in to Elevate the program, elevate the uh, receiving core, elevate the ends, right? The defensive end room, all that stuff right there. The portal can work, but you got to find the right culmination, the right players that buy in 100%. And you have to trust Kirby Smart with that. You you have to. Which I think you've seen. I mean, he took what? DK and Taiki two years ago. He took nobody last year. I mean, I, at most, I say he takes two to three guys this year, and that is, like, at most. And those yeah. are going to have to be some dudes. Like, that's not just going to be some random guy that, oh, well, it sure would be nice to have him. I mean, they're going to be players. Yeah, no doubt. So, apparently, we have a pat fact. Jalen Carter could not have done what he did to Jalen uh, Jaden Daniels, to Juan, to the response of Black Adonis, because Jalen's grandparents weren't born when Juan played. Just going to leave that there. Just going to leave that there, folks. 
Y'all gotta say something Ooh. real quick. I gotta say something real quick. Y'all, y'all give Juan a hard time for being old, but he looks younger than all of us on this damn camera. <laughs> I call bullshit. I call bullshit. Oh, he don't look old to me, man. It's these filters. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram's a hell of a drink. Yeah. But no, in all seriousness, let's wrap this thing up. Give your final thoughts. Uh, birthday boy, final thoughts on everything, man. Final thoughts on everything. We repeat, and that's all I got to say. Keep you it short, it sweet, first. sweet you heard and simple. Repeat. Mr. Georgia, what you got, sir? I assume that's me, but um, I, I'm excited to finally get the matchup with Ryan Day. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but to me, he is the the media coach that everybody loves that we haven't beaten yet. You've beaten Brian Kelly. You've beaten Lincoln Riley. You've beaten Fickle. You've beaten all these people that everybody's still in love with. Yep. Ryan Day, you're next. I mean, you, you know. Did we just drop a Goldberg reference? Ooh. I'm saying you've beaten Dabo Sweeney. All these people that are like, okay, Kirby's like the fifth best coach in college football. You'd be better if you had all these other people. It's like he, he just – just keeps on knocking them out one by one. You know, finally got Nick Saban out of the way. Got Dabo last year. Got Brian Kelly again this year. Going to get a chance at Ryan Day. Got Jim Harbaugh last year. I mean, you know, just slowly knocking out all these coaches that people are like, oh, you know, they're such a better coach than Kirby Smart. He's a good recruiter, but he's not a good coach. Just keep on winning. Yep. Juan, what do you got? Hey, I, I caught it from the beginning. Georgia wins the SEC championship. We're going to win the national championship, but uh, you know, this is, this next game is going to be my favorite because of my dislike for Ohio state so much that I just hope that we probably, you know, put at least a thousand points on them if we can. Well, then there you had it there, folks. Uh, I'm going to leave my takeaway. <clears throat> Feels good to be good. Don't it? You went 12 and 0 back to back. You won your sec championship that you ain't won since 2017. And you're two games away from repeating. Ooh, ooh, broken. Better watch out now. Anyways, SEC champs, baby. It's as simple as that. Stetson Bennett going to go down as the greatest quarterback in Georgia history. Uh, Aaron Murray already said that. Hey, not my words. Not my words. Aaron Murray said that. Um, With that being said, think that's a good time to end it today come back wednesday come back wednesday we got a hot and heavy show we got a lot to talk about during a little bit of a downtime before this game uh between ohio state i think we'll talk a little bit about uh, maybe a review of the regular season let's talk an in-depth review on the regular season possibly uh we'll hash that out if you will uh with that being said hey make sure if you're listening give us a you know follow subscribe it uh leave us a review if you're listening on podcast but if you're watching like follow subscribe do whatever where you watch. Uh, and on that note, happy belated birthday to KTG. KTG! Best Wi-Fi known to man. And, yeah, outside of that, let's have a great day. Uh, SEC champs, go dogs. Go dogs. Go Navy. Beat Army. Happy <laughs> oh. Wednesday. It's happening daily.
We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com